Let's stand tonight for the reading of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to also say so good to have Ken with us tonight. God bless him so much for being with us. The First Pentecostal Church of North Little Rock. Hallelujah. I want to read tonight from the book of Leviticus chapter 13. And I will begin with the first verse. Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a risen, a scalp, a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then has, he should be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his servants the priest, or one of his sons the priest, And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. There's no way for me to describe the pronouncing of a man unclean and how it literally changed his life forever. Uh, It was a terrible day in the life of anyone to be diagnosed with leprosy. If we had time, we could read the rest of this chapter and find out the different commandments that was given concerning the leper, how he was to be examined, and if he was a leper, be cast out of society. But I want to go to verse or chapter 14 and read a little bit of this chapter. Chapter 14 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look. And behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper... Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean in cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop shall dip them in the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. He shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times And shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. So in chapter 13, we find when a man was found with leprosy, the priest would pronounce him unclean and a leper. But in chapter 14, speaks of the day of the cleansing of the leper, and that if indeed he had been healed, After he was examined, then the priest would pronounce him clean. Hammond is thankful for the cleansing power of God Almighty. Hallelujah. There's been a lot of lives changed in this building tonight because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then in reading in the book of Matthew chapter 8 and uh, beginning with the first verse, This story of the healing of a leper 
has become to me one of the greatest stories in the New Testament, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever performed. As of late, I have seen uh, this to be uh, one of the most magnificent miracles of the Lord's ministry. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. In other words, there's not a question in my mind whether you're able to cleanse this incurable disease. I know that you are able to do it. But the question is, are you willing? Sometimes one of the greatest hindrance of people coming to God and allowing God to touch their lives and correct their problems and cleanse them of sin is they do not feel that they're worthy and they wonder if Jesus is willing. But I like the next verse. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. And to me, this is one of the most beautiful pictures in the New Testament of the Savior of the world, the Lamb that was without sin, reaching out and touching the untouchable, the unclean. Jesus stretched forth his hand. He touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, everybody say immediately. It doesn't take long for God to work a miracle in somebody's life. Somebody here tonight can leave this building with your life transformed forever. Now, I want to tell you something. If this is God's church, if this is God's church, there ought to be something going on here that only God can do. There ought to be miracles taking place. And thank God for the miracles that are taking place. Hallelujah. He reached out and touched him and said, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, see that thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I don't want you to go tell anybody. Now, that was a great temptation for this leper that had been banished from his family. God only knows how long it had been since he had seen his children. And yet Jesus tells him, I don't want you to go home in your excitement and see your children and tell your wife that what Jesus has done. But the first thing I want you to do is I want you to go to the priest and I want you to present yourself to the priest and I want you to offer the gift of Moses. And the reason I want you to do this is for a testimony unto them. It's going to be a sign unto them. This should be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Leviticus 14 and 1. And I want to preach tonight from this subject, the day of the leper's cleansing. The day of the leper's cleansing. Are you going to help me tonight? Are you ready to have church for just a little while? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Anoint it to our hearts. Speak to us.
Let this night be a night of change in somebody's life. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse the spiritual leper that might be here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and you can be seated. The book of Numbers is a guide for the Levites. The book of Deuteronomy is a guide for the people, but the book of Leviticus was written as a guide for the priest. In the book of Leviticus, there were instructions given to the priest concerning leprosy, diagnosing leprosy, uh, taking care of the leper. And so if a priest wanted to know instructions concerning his duties, uh, dealing with the leprosy, he would turn to chapters 13 and 14 of the book of Leviticus. It was a terrible disease, this disease of leprosy. It would attack the skin, the tissue of the flesh, even the very nervous system of the body. It was a very widespread disease. It was so prevalent and common that if you would have lived in Bible times, it was very, uh, it would be uh, something that probably could, would, you would be very acquainted with, this disease. More than likely, either you or someone in your family closely related with to you would become a leper. The Bible says there were many lepers in Israel. Uh, leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease. It was a disease that was very, very contagious and... Uh, uh, it was very, very feared. It was highly contagious to the point that uh, it would literally infect the garments, the clothes of the leper. And when a man was diagnosed with the leprosy, uh, many times their clothes were set on fire and burned. Houses were infected with the disease. When lepers lived in, in houses, the leprosy would begin to grow on the walls of the house and the walls would be scraped at times in trying to salvage the house but there were times that they could not remove the disease of leprosy from a dwelling place. They would literally take the house apart stone by stone uh, and uh, tear it down and burn the wood with fire and actually uh, burn all the area with fire trying to destroy the disease. It was so contagious that uh, people were not to fellowship with the leper. The leper was cast out. He was quarantined. He was not welcome among the public. He was not welcome in society. It was a dangerous thing for people to come in contact with lepers. And I just want to stop long enough to say that uh, fellowship is very important. And uh, several years ago, an elderly lady, my wife, asked her with us raising four boys, what is your best advice to raising children in this wise lady told us said the best advice I can give you is always watch their running buddies watch who they're running with and I have found that to be very important I want to warn people that if you run with people that don't serve God and are not interested in doing right and living right if you associate with people that's on their way to hell you'll probably go to hell with them it's important that we understand the danger of sin and trafficking in sin and fellowshipping with the sinner. 
Now that's not that we do not uh, invite and we do not have some uh, a degree of fellowship. But I'm talking about close friends that you run with. You can't go to the parties and you can't go to the bars. And, and uh, there is a different life that the Christian lives if they want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. The disease of leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease. Uh, it would start out very small and insignificant, but uh, even with the smallest spots of leprosy, there was no means whatsoever that a man could uh, incorporate in trying to remove the spots of leprosy that would remove them. We find in studying the Bible that leprosy and sin, there is a parallel between leprosy and sin. In Old Testament times, when a person was stricken with leprosy, many times they felt that it was the judgment of God. And so uh, the leper could uh, have leprosy 20, 30, or even 50 years. He could have this terrible disease, especially if he was born with it. The bones and the marrow would be pervaded by the terrible disease. The malady would advance from one stage to another uh, in slow and certain ruin. Uh, the body would be attacked, the eyebrows would begin to swell, and uh, the eyelids and, and the ears would become thick. The extremities of the body, the fingers and the, the toes, the joints would begin to separate, and the nails would become scaly. And uh, finally, uh, the fingers and the toes many times would literally fall off. It was a terrible disease that uh, there was no answer. The wretched victim uh, of leprosy was doomed to see himself dying piecemeal, knowing that there was no human power that could arrest for a moment the silent and steady march of this foe to the very seat of life. It was a terrible responsibility of the priests to examine people when they possibly would find a spot maybe hidden somewhere on their chest or maybe a little spot on their chin or eyelid and, and think it would be leprosy. They were required to go and show themselves to the priest and the priest was to determine whether they were a leper or not. When a priest determined that a man did have leprosy or a woman or a child, he was responsible to pronounce them unclean. And uh, he would say over them the word unclean. That simply meant, I have been to the priest. I have been examined. He has pronounced me unclean. I've got the disease. There is no answer for the dilemma that I am in. I am going to die. It was a death sentence. The word unclean became a part of his vocabulary for the rest of his life. For he was commissioned that any time he came in contact with the normal society, he was commanded to cry out unclean. He was to try to warn the public that he was a leper. Many times the disease would affect the vocal cords to where they could not cry out. And it was said that uh, they would take little wooden blocks and some they would, sometimes they would tie them to the stubs where there had been fingers on the end of their arms and they would take those blocks and beat them and, and make a noise trying to warn people don't come in my vicinity I am contagious I, I am a leper I found in studying this that the attire of the leper that he was commanded to wear to show at a distance that he was a leper is the same attire that mourners wore when they went to weep in behalf of someone that had passed away. 
The mourners that came and cried when a, when a family would lose a loved one. They were dressed a certain way and their hair was disheveled and, and uh, their garments were ripped and torn. And this was the attire of the leper. He wore the attire of the weeper, the mourner, because the leper was appointed to bewail himself as one already dead. He became a mourner to his own funeral. He became a pallbearer to his own funeral possession. He was to tell the whole world there's no answer to the situation that I'm in. I am dying. There is the sentence of death that is on my life. I'm going to tell you that's the way it is with sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. It's something that can start out very small and insignificant. Sin can start out in a way that you feel like I can control my habits and I can control my life and Maybe it's just a laughing matter, but I have come to sound a trumpet in this church tonight and let people realize that you're no match for sin. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul wrote and said, sin that it might appear as sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Hallelujah. Paul, when he talked about sin, said, it's not the way it appears. It's much deadlier than what you think it is. Sin that it might appear as. It seemed that the great apostle Paul was looking for some type of adjective to use to describe the horribleness of sin. But he couldn't seemed to come up with a word as brilliant as this apostle was. He said sin that it might appear as sin. Hallelujah. Why did he repeat himself? Because I want to tell you there's nothing as terrible as sin. Somebody said why did he say sin that it might appear as the devil? Because I want to tell you sin is worse than the devil. Hallelujah. There was a time when the devil was Lucifer. He was an angel of light. But the hideous monster of sin turned a glorious angel into a devil and so leprosy was like sin it was a feared and dreaded disease it was a bad time a dark day in the life of anyone when they were examined and the priest said you are a leper let me tell you what it meant it meant that no longer could they go home and be a part of their physical immediate family Fathers were separated from their families when they were declared lepers. Mothers had to leave their children when they were declared lepers. Sometimes children were cast out of a family because they became leprous. Oh, sin still takes people out of a home. Sin can destroy a beautiful marriage and a beautiful home. Sin gets a hold of people and causes daddies to walk out. And we're living to see a day that mothers walk out and leave their families. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of terrible sins that are getting hold of people that are driving them to do unspeakable things. And so the leper, he was cast out of his home. It meant that he lost his wife, his children, his mother, his dad, his loved ones, his community. He was kicked out of the subdivision. He had to go find a place to live among the lepers. Not only that, 
palsy or, or, or leprosy separated him from the house of God. No longer could he go and worship in the temple. The Bible tells us that the leper was banished from the temple. Do people realize the blessings of being here tonight? You're sitting here on a Tuesday night and I'm sure that some of you are tired and some of you's had a bad day and maybe you had to push yourself to come to the house of God. But I want to just try to remind somebody here tonight it is a blessed thing to be able to come and have the fellowship of God's people. It is a wonderful thing to be able to come and sing the songs of Zion and feel the power of the Holy Ghost and have a taste of old time religion on the inside of your life. How many is glad to be at church tonight? History tells us that there were many lepers in Israel. And these lepers had to find places to live outside of society. And history tells us that many times they would find a valley somewhere secluded and they would try to find a place where there are caves where they could find uh, places of protection away from the weather. These valleys began to be inhabited by lepers all over Israel and the valleys became known as the valley of the lepers or the valley of death. Here lived the dying, some of them with their faces half eaten off and ears missing, some of them with nothing more than nubs where there used to be fingers, uh, sores and rotting flesh, and the sounds of suffering could be heard in the valley of the dying. There was nothing to look forward to but death itself. No physician could help them. There was no medicine that could cure their malady. Hallelujah. A person passing through the area where lepers lived did not have to get very close to be able to smell the repulsive odor of decaying flesh and to hear the moans and the cries of the dying. It is believed that Israel came in contact with leprosy in the land of Egypt because Egypt was notorious for leprosy. That makes sense when the Bible teaches that Egypt is a type of the world and sin is a type of leprosy. And so they came in contact with this terrible, terrible, dreaded disease. And we find in chapters 13 and chapters 14 of the book of Leviticus, God finally gave instructions on how and to deal with leprosy, how to try to stop the, the spread of leprosy, how to quarantine the leper, and then he spoke of the day of the leper's cleansing. Hallelujah. After 2,500 years from the coming of Adam and Eve and their creation, hallelujah, to smoking Sinai, God finally says it's time to give some laws concerning leprosy. And so chapter 13 spoke of the horribleness of the disease and how it was diagnosed and how that a leper was quarantined and separated uh, and, and, and how that he was cast out. And then chapter 14 spoke of the day of the leper's cleansing. It spoke of a time coming that people would be healed and they would examine uh, themselves uh, by the priest and, and uh, they would be cleansed and they would be put back into society. The strange thing is, with God giving these laws concerning leprosy, 
Every story we read in the Old Testament from the giving of this law all the way to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, every story of a leper tells us that that leper died of leprosy. There's not an account of one of the sons of Abraham, one of the descendants that was a part of Israel, ever being healed of the disease of leprosy. Gehazi, Elisha's servant, got leprosy, and he died of leprosy. King Uzziah was smote with leprosy, and even though that he was one of the best kings in Israel, he died of leprosy. The Bible tells us that Samaria was surrounded by the enemy and uh, there was a terrible famine taking place in the city of Samaria. There were four lepers that sat outside the gates of the city and they began to talk and, about what was happening inside the city. No doubt they had family and wives and they had been banished because of their disease. But they raised the question, why sit we here until we die? There's a reason why that that question was, was framed like that that. They realized that they were a leper and they realized that all lepers died of leprosy. In fact, the commentaries tell us in all of Jewish history there was no one that was healed of leprosy after the giving of the law concerning leprosy in Leviticus 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Now there were people outside of the, the seed of Abraham that was healed. Naaman the Syrian was cleansed and healed of leprosy. But in all of Jewish history, every Israelite that got leprosy, it was a sentence of death. They died after the giving of this law. Hallelujah. Now Miriam was healed, but this was before the giving of the law. And, and Moses, as a sign that he was sent from God, would stick his hand in his bosom and pull it out. It would be leprous. He would stick it back in and pull it out and it would be healed, and uh, that was before the giving of this law. But throughout all the Old Testament, there were thousands and thousands of Israelites, no doubt, that died of these disease, this disease. They entered into the valley of death, the valley of the leper, and there was no coming out of that valley. It was a disease that killed mamas and daddies. It was a disease that killed little children. There were babies that were born in leper colonies, and they were born lepers and they died of leprosy. But in my text in Matthew chapter 8, hallelujah, I contend that one of the greatest miracles of the New Testament took place. Jesus had just preached the sermon on the mountain. He comes down from the mountain and great multitudes are following him. And the Bible says, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Hallelujah. Now to me, this is one of the greatest displays of faith in all the New Testament. Here is a man that he comes out of a back ground and a backdrop of a society that is dying. They've been dying for 1,500 years from smoking Sinai all the way to Matthew chapter 8. There's not an account of anybody escaping the terrible disease of leprosy. But all of a sudden a man steps out and he says, I got a feeling hallelujah that you are able to heal me. I have no question about your ability and your power to cleanse me. My my question is, are you willing? Hallelujah. Now, I don't know the story behind all of this. I've got my own idea. I believe that this leper had slipped up among, hallelujah, close enough where nobody could see him, but, but close enough that he could hide in the bushes somewhere and listen to the sermon on the mount. 
Jesus had just finished this tremendous message. He's coming off of the mountain and this leper steps out and says, I believe that you can heal me if you're willing to heal me. I just have a feeling that something happened to that leper that happened to other people. There was one man that said it like this. No man ever spake like this man spake. I believe this leper was hiding somewhere in the bushes and heard the gracious words fall from the lips of the Messiah. And he recognized in his own lonely, banished world, hallelujah, I'm listening to somebody that's more than a man. This is not an ordinary teacher. This is not just an ordinary son of Abraham. I personally believe that he got a revelation listening to Jesus Christ. And he came to realize that he is Messiah. He is Emmanuel. He is God manifest in the flesh. It doesn't matter if it's been 1,500 years and every leper has died of leprosy. I am in the presence of someone that's more than a man. Hallelujah. I don't know, he may have been a priest. There were times that priests contracted leprosy because they had to deal with it, and priests died of leprosy. Maybe he had read Leviticus chapter 13 where it said, hallelujah, that uh, leprosy had to be diagnosed. And, and then chapter 14 that said this should be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Maybe he had read that many times and wondered what does that mean? Why did God give a law concerning leprosy and the cleansing of leprosy? And yet everybody in Israel that gets leprosy dies of leprosy. I, I don't understand that. But all of a sudden it began to move in his mind and consciousness no doubt you know this is in the book and God put it in his word and there's a law concerning the day of the leper's cleansing and, and somebody's going to be cleansed somebody's going to be able to shake this disease off somebody's going to be able to go home to their wife and their kids somewhere at some time it's going to happen hallelujah if not now when if not here where hallelujah why can't it be me that receives the miracle and so he comes and he says Lord I'm convinced to believe you're able to do it if you're willing to do it and I like this the Bible says that Jesus stretched forth his hand and he touched him and he said I will be thou clean hallelujah can you imagine the beautifulness of that picture of Jesus Christ reaching out and touching the untouchable, touching the unclean, touching him in the midst of all of his disease and all of his filthiness and saying, be thou clean. We've got people all over this auditorium tonight. You're here not because you're good, but because God's good. And it's because that in your darkest moment, God found you and touched you in the seat of your very problem and situation. Amidst your filthiness and uncleanliness, and hallelujah, Jesus Christ reached out and touched you. Hallelujah, we've got homes together tonight. and Our marriages have been saved and our children are happy living in our home. And beautiful things are happening because Jesus Christ has touched us. People that were bound by alcohol are here tonight praising God and lifting their hands because Jesus has touched you. There's been spiritual lepers here. You, When you came to this church, you was bound by drugs and bound by evil habits. But Jesus reached out in the midst of your problems and your situations and he touched you and he cleansed you.
I want to tell you as a church, if we're not touching people in, in the very place of their problem, then we're not being the church we need to be. Hallelujah. Chapter 13 was a chapter that dealt with hopelessness and helplessness. And, and it was a strict chapter. It was, you've got to be separated. The family is going to have to be busted up. You can't come back to church. There's no hope for you. You're unclean. But chapter 14 had a better message. Chapter 14 said, says, come on back to the temple. Come on back and show yourself to the priest. Come on back and be cleansed. Come on back into society. We want you back in church. We want you to come back to the house of God. I want to just say this. We are not a chapter 13 church. We haven't had to file chapter 13 around here. We're not bankrupt. We're not reading out of a Bible that promises all kinds of things that we never see any longer. Hallelujah. There's miracles in the Bible and there's miracles here tonight. There's deliverances in the Bible and there's deliverances here tonight. There's people repenting and being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you there's people in this building that's repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they have received the infill of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are, we, are, we are not a chapter 13 church. We are a chapter 14 church. Now we preach chapter 13. Chapter 13 deals with sin and identifying the leper and identifying the disease and saying you have the disease. Hallelujah. We are being unfair to our generation to whitewash sin. Hallelujah. Act like the devil doesn't exist. Not deal with the real problems in people's lives. We're doing people a favor when we look in their eyes and we tell them, hallelujah, sin will destroy you. Sin will tear your home apart. It'll tear your life apart. It'll tear your marriage apart. Hallelujah. We have got to diagnose sin. Hallelujah. In a society that we're living in, people are trying to glamorize sin. They like to paint the Jezebel up and make her look like something that she is not. Hallelujah. They like to put bill their, uh, paint their billboards and glamorize rebellion against God. We're living in a society that is infected with sin. Hallelujah. Never has there been so many high-priced clothes hung on so many low-priced people as in the hour that we're living in. Sin has been glamorized. God has been humanized. Man has been deified. But I want to tell you, friend, we need to recognize the danger of sin. Our generation has a sin problem. But can I tell you tonight, we don't stop just identifying and diagnosing sin. We diagnose sin because we've got an answer for sin. We're not a chapter 13 church. We're a chapter 14 church. This should be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Hallelujah. There's a power that's in this building tonight that's more beautiful than this sanctuary. More life changing than anything you can ever imagine. There's a power in this place tonight that can set you free from sin. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, you're bound by the devil. You're bound by evil habits. You're empty. Hallelujah. You're discouraged. You're depressed. Oh, you can shake the devil off your back. Your life can be changed tonight. You can receive an old-fashioned Holy Ghost experience that will literally transform your life. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are a chapter 14 church. Hallelujah. I've told our church we're harder against sin than any church in the city. We don't apologize for sin. We don't whitewash sin. We warn people about sin. But I want to tell you that's not the last verse of that song. Hallelujah. We are the hardest church against sin. But I want to tell you we believe more in the grace of God than any church in the city. We believe that there's something in this place tonight that can deliver you and set you free. Don't jump the gun and cause us a bigot. Don't jump the gun and, and prejudge us that we don't love people when we talk about a society that's got a problem and it's a sin problem. Hallelujah. Because it's not just to try to tell you how bad it is. But I'm going to tell you, we're here to tell you that God has a remedy. God has an answer. God has, hallelujah, the, the answer to your situation. Hallelujah. There's a Holy Ghost experience that can break the chains of iniquity. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus can cover every sin. Does anybody believe that tonight? Hallelujah. We have the answer. We have the answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus told him, he reached out and touched him, and immediately he was cleansed. And he said, I don't want you to tell any man. I want you to go your way. Show yourself to the priest. For a testimony unto them. Jesus had taught. Jesus had reached. Jesus had tried to convince these religious leaders of who he was. They did not believe him. But he tells this leper, I want you to go and I want you to show yourself to them. I want you to show that you're cleansed. And it's going to blow their mind. It ain't going to be much of an explosion. But it's going to blow their mind. Hallelujah. They're going to see the leper cleansed. Bible knowledge commentary says in all the entire history of Israel, there was no record of any leper being cleansed of leprosy. Hallelujah. Saving Miriam. And she was cleansed before the giving of this law. Hallelujah. So I can see him as he's running down the cobble street stone, uh, the, the cobblestone streets and finding that, that temple where he had gone to church maybe in his past. And I don't know how long it had been since this leper had been able to go to the house of God. He had been banished. And instead of going home and telling his wife and kids that daddy's coming home, he obeyed the Lord and he went to the house of God. And I don't know how it all happened. Maybe he walked up to that familiar synagogue. It had been maybe 25 years since he had been there. And he looked at that familiar big old wooden door. And the many times as just a little child, he had reached out with a little chubby hand and grabbed hold of the handle and pulled it open and went to church. He thought maybe of the times that he had gone to the house of God and had taken it for granted and did not realize how blessed he was to be in God's house and in God's presence. But now he was coming back to a place that he thought he would never be allowed to come back again. He was going to be able to talk to the preacher. He was going to be able to go to church. And, and so he stands over there in the leper circle. He gets the attention of uh, the gate guard there and says, I need to see the high priest. and or I need to see the priest. And so uh, the man goes and gets the local... Uh, 
priest there and says, there's a man in the leper circle wanting to see you. It's just the common thing. There's many lepers in Israel. And so uh, the priest, he heads over to the leper circle and he says, all right, who's got the problem here? Uh, who, who called for the appointment? And the guy said, I, I'm the one that uh, asked the guard to come and get you. And, well, what's your problem? Well, I, I don't have any problem. What do you mean you don't have any problem? Well, I used to have a problem. I don't understand all this. What are you talking about? Used to have a problem. Well, I used to be a leper. What do you mean you used to be a leper? Hallelujah. What's with all of this stuff? Hallelujah. And he says, well, you know, uh, 17 years ago, you diagnosed me with leprosy. Don't you recognize me? I used to go to your church. And maybe he called his name and the guy was shocked when he looked a little closer and said, sure enough, it, it is you. And uh, what are you doing here? Well, uh, there's a man called Jesus. that reached out and touched me and he cleansed me he healed me the leprosy is gone he looked at him he examined him a little bit I tell you what won't you just go on home probably in the mind of that priest was man I've made a mistake I've misdiagnosed this guy I'm going to end up in court he's going to sue me I took him away from his wife and kids he's been gone for years Oh, no, priest, it's not a mistake. Jesus healed me. I want you to offer the gift of Moses. Well, he probably didn't know what the gift of Moses was. Hallelujah, 2,500 years, a law that lay dormant on the books. God had put it there, and yet it was never exercised. I've, I got a reason. I, I got a, a reason to believe that I understand why it was not exercised. You see, leprosy is a type of sin. And for 1,500 years, God allowed every leper to die of leprosy. Even good people, like the king, Uzziah, that was a good man, but made one mistake, and he was smote with leprosy. And yet God allowed him to die. The four lepers, hallelujah, that brought about the, the victorious delivery of Samaria. Hallelujah, that I didn't finish the story a little bit ago about. Hallelujah. They died of leprosy. We preach about how that God used them and and the great things that happened and a city was saved. But we never asked the question, well, what happened to the four lepers? Well, I'll tell you what happened to the four lepers. They died of leprosy. Because the Bible says there were many lepers in the days of Elias the prophets. And none of them were cleansed, save Naaman the Syrian. For 1,500 years, God had written a law. This should be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. And yet his people never was able to exercise the law of the leper's cleansing. And I believe the reason because that leprosy is the type of sin. And I'm going to tell you only Jesus has got the answer to sin. Jesus said, I come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law of the prophets. I believe this is one law that he decided I'm personally going to fulfill myself. I'm not going to let any other mortal man fulfill the law of the cleansing of the leper. Because the answer is not in what mortal man can do. It's what God can do. And he was Emmanuel, meaning God manifest in the flesh. And so this is the reason I believe Matthew chapter 8 tells us the story of one of the greatest miracles that happened in all the ministry of Jesus Christ. After 1,500 years, a leper comes up and cries, Jesus, if you can... I know you can if you will, 
make me whole. And Jesus cleanses him. He shows himself to the priest. Offer the gift of Moses. Well, the guy don't know what to do, so I, I can see him run into his library, and he goes through all the different scrolls. He comes to Leviticus chapter 14. It's got cobwebs all over it. There's dust all over it. Been a long time since anybody's read Leviticus chapter 14. They didn't need to read it because no one was cleansed of leprosy. He pulls it down off the ship. Dust goes everywhere. He starts coughing and choking and he starts trying to roll it out. It's so stiff and, and unused. Man, I don't know if anybody's ever read this. And he starts reading about it, what, was, what needs to be done. And pretty soon, there's a guy out cutting a cedar tree down. And there's a guy at the potter's house getting some earthen vessels. And there's two birds that are caught. And one bird is killed, and the blood is caught in a basin and, and sprinkled upon the living bird. And the living bird is released to fly into the heavens while the other bird is, is killed and its blood is shed. Hallelujah. There's blood running. There's water running. There's one dying and one living. Uh, that's a pretty good picture of what we all know about when it comes to Bible salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again from the dead. It wasn't a prayer. It wasn't an accident that the apostles preached on the day of Pentecost. Repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. In the infilling of the Holy Ghost. In the last chapter of Luke, he tells his disciples. The Bible says he opened up their understanding concerning the scriptures. Now, catch this. Listen to me. People can read their Bibles all their life and never understand the Bible says Jesus opened up their understanding concerning the scriptures. And he said, it behooved Christ to suffer and to die and be buried and rise again from the dead. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. And that they should go and receive the comforter, the promise of the Father. Repentance and remission of sins. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Behoove Christ to suffer and to die and to be buried and rise again. Hallelujah. The death is repentance. That's where the blood's applied. Hallelujah. The burial. The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism. The Holy Ghost. That's the resurrection. We experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of Easter. When we receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost and speak in a heavenly language. As we're born again of water and of the Spirit. That's what cleanses the leper. Hallelujah. Anybody hearing me today? That priest couldn't believe what had happened. I, I've made a mistake. I, a misdiagnosis. I'll never face another day like this. He went dragging himself home and said, man, I wonder if, if this is going to get out and among the other priests. I've made a mistake. I'm going to use my imagination, but he goes to bed before he can get out of bed the next morning. Hey, wake up. Wake up, priest. What in the world are you doing waking me up so early? We got big business at the temple. There's 10 men standing inside of the leper's circle. No, there's nine. One of them just left. What are they wanting? They're wanting the gift of Moses offered. What do you mean? They're talking about being cleansed. They're, they're talking about being delivered. They're talking about that they were once lepers, but they're not lepers anymore. They're talking about going home to their wife and their kids. They're, they're talking about being able to see their mom and daddy again. They're talking about living and coming out of the valley of death. That's what they're talking about. That's what we're talking about in this old-fashioned Pentecostal church. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. 
and then a little light from heaven fill my soul. <laughs> Man, we got something to shout about tonight. We've got something to be excited about tonight. We've got something to praise the Lord about tonight. Hallelujah, this is the day of the leper's cleansing. Hallelujah. Well, I know I can't preach all night. I could preach all night. I'm, I'm charged up tonight. Hallelujah. Ten lepers cleansed. Well, how did it happen? We don't know. We just, he, we were just crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And, and all of a sudden he said, be thou clean. And he said, go and show yourself to the priest. And, and while we began to make our way toward the, the temple, there was an invisible healing hand that reached out and begins to cleanse us and begin to make us whole. But the time we got here, all the leprosy was gone. I'm going to tell you, the cleansing of the leper did something to all of Israel. I got to studying this, and I thought, you know, I want to read this in another gospel. See what else I can find on this. And I turned to Mark chapter 1, in verse 45. Jesus had told him, said, go and show yourself to the priest. But 45 says he went out and began to publish it much. Now, I believe this was after he went and done what Jesus told him to do. Then he went and told everybody. He went out and began to publish it much and, the, and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. In other words, before the cleansing of this first leper in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus went into the synagogues. He went into the cities where crowds were gathered to preach his gospel. But after the leper was cleansed and it was noised abroad and blazed abroad, it, 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 it spread like wildfire all over Israel. Hallelujah. Lepers in the valley of death begin to hear the story. A leper has been cleansed. After 1,500 years, a leper has, has been cleansed. He's going home. He's going home to his wife. He's going home to his children. He's been set free. There's a man called Jesus that's touched him and cleansed him. And then we have 10 that are cleansed. And it's just like wildfire. Hallelujah. There's trees being cut down, cedar trees, and, and there's birds being caught and earthen vessels being bought, and there's a revival taking place in Israel, and the priests don't know what to do about it. And they think, what in the world are we going to do? And then there's 10 cleansed men that are turned loose in Israel. One man turned Israel on her ear, and now 10 are released to tell everybody the leper is being cleansed. But it didn't stop there. Then Jesus told his disciples, he said, you know, y'all been sitting around watching me do all this. It's time for you to get out of the grandstands, and you do what I've been doing. The Bible says he appointed them. He anointed them and told them, I want you to go. I want you to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the poor. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to cast out devils. I want you to cleanse the leper. It was a sign unto them. 
You know the greatest sign that the first Pentecostal church of North Little Rock has to the world? The greatest sign is people that are sitting here tonight that have been cleansed. Some people, they want to hide that we're different. We don't need to hide that we're different. People that are really hungry for God are looking for something that's different. That They're tired of the way they're living. They're tired of the emptiness. They're tired of the dead in streets that they find themselves on. They're tired of looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Hallelujah. There is no greater sign that God is working in our midst than to see an old boy bound with sin and, and bad habits and a cursing tongue and a black heart. One night in a Pentecostal altar, hallelujah. Hallelujah, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and fill with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, when you get old-time religion, everybody will know it. The man on the job will know it. Your neighbors will know it. The dog will know it. Jesus didn't stop there in this great revival of the leper's cleansing. He then called 70 men out and he anoints them, 35 evangelistic teams, and he gives them the same commission. I want you to go. I want you to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the poor. Open up blinded eyes and stop deaf ears. I want you to cleanse the leper. This is the day of the leper's cleansing. I'm going to end with this. John the Baptist was in prison. He was discouraged. He was questioning whether Jesus was the Messiah. He sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Should we look for another? They go to where Jesus is having a campaign, and they ask him the question. John wants to know, are you the Messiah? Should we look for another? Jesus doesn't answer. He just starts church. He starts working miracles and wonders and healing the sick and preaching the gospel to the poor and he goes he, at the end of the service he says you go tell John what you've seen so they go back they tell John said miracles are happening blind eyes are being opened deaf ears are being unstopped the poor is here in the gospel of the kingdom and then they might have said uh, and the leper is being cleansed I wouldn't be surprised if old John didn't set up when he heard that he was a son of a priest. Zechariah was a priest after the order of Obiah. He had no doubt memorized the law as a child. He was trained to be a priest himself. But he was a forerunner of the Messiah. He had read, no doubt, Leviticus chapter 13 many times. I can see a day when Zechariah took Johnny and set him down and said, now we're going to study Leviticus chapter 13 and John, one reason I don't enjoy at times being a priest and sometimes when I come home from the temple, I don't feel like throwing ball with you and wrestling in the floor. And the reason is because of Leviticus chapter 13 and he started going through that chapter of how that leprosy is diagnosed and how that if there's a question whether a person is a leper or not, they quarantine them for a week. And how that when they find out that a person is truly a leper, they pronounce them unclean and they're banished for the rest of their life. It is a death sentence. Maybe you told him a story like this. Johnny, guess what happened at church today? A young mother came and presented herself. 
Her husband was with her and her three children. She had a little baby still on the breast. She found a spot right here on her chin. It was just the smallest of white spots. But as soon as I looked at that spot, she was trembling and shaking. She was afraid. She knew what it would mean if she was indeed a leper. And as soon as I saw it, I knew it was deeper than the skin, and I knew it was leprosy. I reached to grab the child out of her arms, and she clutched the child until I had to ask some of the court assistants to help me. And they, they literally pried her arms open, and we took her baby away from her. She began to scream, and I began to try to reason with her and tell her, you are unclean, you are a leper. The little five-year-old boy was disturbed, and the little three-year-old girl started crying after her mother, and we had to pull the mother to the side and separate the family. And the man had tears in his eyes. He said, I can't believe this. Oh, but it's true. Well, look, let us go home for a few days and kind of prepare ourselves and get adjusted to what we're going to have to face. No, you can't go home. This lady cannot go back to her house. She must be isolated immediately. She is a leper. I walked that lady to the outskirts of town. We opened the massive gate of the city and pushed her outside and we shut the gate of the city. It was almost evening time. The kids were crying. The husband was visibly shaken. She cried out goodbye and she slowly walked away. The little five-year-old boy, he looked up at his daddy and said, Daddy, I don't understand this. Who's doing this? And John, I heard him tell his little boy, God's doing this. God's taking your mother away from you. It's the law. This is how we deal with leprosy. It's cruel. It's unbending. It is without mercy. How many has discovered that's the way it is with retribution and sin and the wages of sin? Their death. That little boy, he looked back at his daddy and he got real cold and his eyes were hard. And he said, Daddy, I hate God. Daddy, I don't want to ever go back to church. I'm sure that stories like that literally happened. The woman picks her way down through a little ravine and back up a trail to turn around under the shade of a tree as the sun is setting and wave goodbye to husband and children. They stay there until dusk is dark and I finally tell them it's time to go home and John, tomorrow they'll probably go back to the gate of the city and they'll look over the wall and they'll see her there. They'll call back and forth and maybe the next day and the next day, but in a few days, mother will realize I'm only prolonging the agony and they'll go back and there'll be no mother standing under the shade tree. She will have gone to the valley of death. And so that was the way it was and John, that's the reason I don't enjoy sometimes being a preacher. 
But all of a sudden, in telling the story of blind eyes being opened and deaf ears being unstopped, they say a leper was cleansed today. Do what? A leper, John. After the endless march of death of thousands of Israelites that have been diagnosed and thrown out and have died. There's hope in Israel. It's spreading everywhere. He's more than a man. He is Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. I imagine old John's ears begin to tingle. I'm convinced that it settled the issue in his mind. He is the Messiah. This is the day of the leper's cleansing. Someone would come to the musical instruments tonight. Somebody sitting in this congregation and sin has separated you. There may be a backslider here tonight that you've so disappointed yourself. You think God could never love me. I preached here last evening that God hears your sigh. God hears the suffering of your heart. Even when you're in sin and you're doing things bad against God, God hears what you don't say and God, he's moved with compassion when he sees you struggling. There may be somebody that's down on you, but God's not down on you. Sometimes the leprous person, they see the great gulf between where they're at and where God is. And they think there's no way I'll ever be clean. There's no way I'll ever get out of what I'm in. But I want to tell you today, this is the day of the leper's cleansing. I want us all to stand tonight. This altar's open tonight. Jesus has the answer. Jesus knows where you're at. Jesus can feel the feeling. Thank God for this man tonight. Somebody else, come on. Come on today. Hallelujah. Sin has separated you from your family. Sin causes a young boy to, to drive off one night and say, I'm not coming home. I'm going to have it my way. Sin causes a daughter to miss Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas time and because sin still isolates. Sin still separates. Some of you, you've been running the streets and you've been thinking, what's going on at the First Pentecostal Church? You feel so far away, but oh, this is the day of the leper's cleansing. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on, backslider. Jesus can cleanse you. You can have that good feeling again. Don't walk out. Don't 
don't leave this place of cleansing and healing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, 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 in the name of the Lord.